Welcome to the Austin Parks Cast from your friends at Austin Parks Foundation. Join us for conversations that'll give you an inside look at Austin's outdoor spaces. We'll meet you outside. Meet me outside. everybody. Welcome to season three of the Austin Parks Cast. We're excited to bring you the stories of park champions, host some tough but important conversations, and give you an inside look at Austin's parks, trails, and green spaces. From the whole team at Austin Parks Foundation, we're really grateful for your support. Thank you for tuning in. If you haven't already, check out seasons one and two of the Parks Cast. There are 26 episodes available now on your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and more. In addition, you can always listen to each episode and read the show notes at parkscast.org. As you may know, Austin Parks Foundation is in the process of restoring the mini train at Zoker Park. While we're making a lot of progress, there are still a few steps to complete before the train is ready for everyone to enjoy. You can get the latest news and updates for the mini train at zokertrain.org backslash construction or by following the Zoker Eagle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In today's episode, you'll hear my conversation with Ian Ingram and Becky Witchie, the local artists that created the new tunnel mural for the Zilker Eagle. We talk about their journey as artists, what public art means to them, their creative process for the new mural, and much more. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. They created a truly unique experience for riders as the mini train passes under the Barton Springs Road Bridge. We can't wait for y'all to see it in person, and we're excited for Austinites and visitors to enjoy the mural for years to come. Without further ado, let's jump into the interview. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Austin Parks cast. I am so, so happy to have Ian Ingram and Becky Witchie with me today. Uh, they were the local artists that painted the Zucker Eagle mural in the tunnel mural. Um, it's a fabulous mural, and we're about to have a fabulous conversation. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would y'all like to give like a short intro of yourself? Um, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm Ian. Um and we are uh, a team of muralists local to Austin. And uh, we uh, started muraling, um, how long ago was it? I would say it was like 2017. Yeah. Was the very first endeavor. A while back. But then um, when COVID struck and we got all sent either uh, to solitary confinement or pushed to the great outdoors. We took that um, and we ran with it and we've been working hard outside for um, that period of time. That's awesome. Well, the good thing is you're in a good town for that because Austin has some awesome public arts outside. So mm. yeah. It's got decent well, weather as well for outdoor yeah. work. Which is That's like true. I come, I come from Ohio. So, I mean, that was like a no-go for like seven months. <laughs> <laughs> we were all inside anyway. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Uh, I'd love to hear uh, where you're both, where, where are you from and where do you call home? I did most of my growing up in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, and that is actually my connection to Ian. I, um, one of my best friends I've known since high school um, is Ian's wife. And awesome. um, so, yeah, I'm grateful for uh, 
for Jerry Lynn for this introduction. Um, but uh, yeah, and then I've lived in Austin for almost 20 years. So I do call Austin home. It's where, That's great. you know, uh, we brought up our family and um, yeah, so Austin, Austin's definitely home. That's wonderful. And uh, I married into this uh, state and this city, but I now uh, proudly march forward with the I'm from Austin uh, name tag on. However, I, I did do my growing up in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but uh, also got the family here, which means that this is uh, what I call home and uh, where I'm from, essentially. That's great. Um, I, what I think is funny about Austin and Texas in particular is that everyone seems to have a different opinion about how long you have to be here uh, <laughs> to call it yourself an Austinite. That's right. I've been here for five years now. I think the statue of limitations has run out. Maybe I can call myself officially an Austinite now. Uh, right my, girl, yeah. my girlfriend is from North Texas, so hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully I've got some credit there, but we'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, what do y'all like to do in your free time? Um, a hard time with that terminology, free time. It seems, especially since kids, it seems like every moment of the day is filled with purpose. Yeah. And they're really good at like smelling relaxation too. And they'll just come and require some <laughs> something of you. Uh, but yeah, as far as what we like to do or what I like to do, um, we like to camp as a family um, or get out on bikes or walk trails around to Austin, explore, uh, find new things, spend time outside. That's awesome. Uh, the sixth sense of your re relaxation is pretty funny. <laughs> I can yeah. only imagine. It's very accurate. <laughs> yeah. I, had, I had the same reaction to the uh, free time verbiage. Uh, <laughs> adorable concept. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that should be my cue to reword this question. So maybe next time, what do you, what would you do if you had free time? Oh, that's nah, that's going to be good. next time. Yeah, like that. <laughs> uh, do either of you have a favorite park or trail in Austin? Uh -huh. Well, got to go with Zilker. Yes. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, uh, I asked my wife to marry me down on the trail. Uh, that's awesome. In Zilker Park down by that massive cypress tree. Uh, on Ladybird Lake, and so that one's pretty well anchored as tip top for me. That's great. I have to agree. It just it hosts so many wonderful things in Austin. It's massive, beautiful, has so much history. Um, yeah, That's and awesome. we really enjoyed uh, exploring different parts of the Violet Crown Trail too, um, in in Zilker and beyond down south here where, where I live. So that's yeah. wonderful. Uh, Ian, we did a Love in the Parks blog series a couple years ago for Valentine's Day. So I might hit you up for the next round of that oh, man, <laughs> if you're interested. Yeah, that's, that's a real good story. You really yeah. should. I would love to hear more about that. Um, Later. So uh, this is a, a question that I insisted that we plug into the podcast. Um, who has or what is the best taco in Austin, in your opinion? Maria's Taco Express in South Lamar, Migas. Mm. I love it. Undebatable. And you know, I'm going to have to go with Mommy's Tacos. Are you familiar? Okay. It's I haven't a, had it before. It is a taco truck on uh, Manchac and I think it's Matthews Drive. It's, it's near William Cannon. And yeah. it is really like a find. That's and I awesome. really shouldn't 
I don't know, maybe we shouldn't air that one. I really enjoy still being able to get a taco there. Yeah, this is a trend. Um, when I ask people about their favorite taco, half of them are a little bit uh, hesitant because they're like, am I about to release my secret taco place to the world? <laughs> I mean, the world is a little bit of an over-exaggeration, maybe to the 50 people that tune in. But um, I had the same thing when I lived on Stastny. There was a taco truck right around the corner and I was there so often that I was on a first name basis with uh, with the person whose truck it was. So, yeah, and that was my hidden gem. I took people there. Uh, I think sometimes the best taco place you can get is the one that's closest to home, uh, the most yeah. the most accessible yeah. one. That's yeah. true. That's, for that's sure. great. I have to ask though, what was the one on Stasny? See, I I think they changed the name, ah. and they they didn't update their Google My Business listing. So I'm Keeping gonna have to go secret. back. Yeah. <laughs> See. <laughs> <laughs> this well is my played. diversion tactic. Well played. No rookies. <laughs> yeah. So at the end, we'll loop back and I will make sure I get you the name. <laughs> what do you think the best way to ask this is? Is it when, where, or how did your journey as an artist begin? Is, should when, should just be like how, and then you could say when and where. Uh, does that sound easiest? Yeah. I like how. I don't know. Cool. I don't have a big preference. The ambiguity is is a reasonable no. approach because it's a it's a soft entry sort of yeah. right. It's uh, it's um, as you become a person and uh, the, the the musings sort of file through you or flow through you in different ways and jump out in different areas. Um, so uh, yeah, that's an understandable like uh, yeah. hard hard question to to start in on. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was um, most evident in uh, quiet times, like yeah. uh, reading uh, story times at school. And I just would sort of find myself um, brought alive by doodling, you know, drawing on paper. So uh, for me, it just um, was what sort of happened in the in the quiet spaces. And then I, I, I observed that and was lucky enough to have incredible uh, parents that were observant of that as well. And then they, you know, sort of guided me further into that. And I enjoyed all of that guidance and all the uh, um, discoveries of, uh, of drawing and painting and sort of that traditional flat two-dimensional stuff yeah that's what that was, my, that was that's what happened when i was a kid the drawing very cool um i always enjoyed drawing and painting and creating as a kid as well and you know in my teen years but you know once once i went to college and um you know started a career afterwards i definitely um didn't prioritize my creative side and it wasn't actually until i met ian that I felt inspired to create again. Um, so, I mean, Ian is just, you know, not only just an incredible artist, but he's also um, so passionate about his craft. He's very generous with sharing his, um, you know, uh, process, both physical and mental process, his thoughts behind each of his pieces. And, um, and, and, and he's just a, a born teacher. So he has he's really played a huge role in pulling that from me. Um, so I would say that um, I'm actually just recently becoming comfortable with, you know, calling myself an artist. 
Um, and that's because it begins confidence and uh, confidence in me and encouragement um, to push me a little bit past my comfort zone, um, trusting my opinions and, and wanting to collaborate with me. So, hmm. so I feel like the journey is in its infancy for me. That's wonderful. Talk about a dynamic duo. <laughs> Go on, Beck. <laughs> she was just hyping you up. <laughs> that makes me really happy that y'all have the kind of relationship where you feel empowered by each other. Um, and I, I bet that really helps, especially in the creativity space, uh, being able to know that the person's got your back, uh, that they're confident in you. That's really wonderful. Yeah. When I first saw uh, Becky's skills, it was a Halloween costume, um, <laughs> which was, I mean, I'm not, you know, understating it when I call it art. It was yeah. phenomenal. And it was, what, what was the character, please, Becky? It was the ter- uh the Tarantino character yeah, um, from uh, Kill Bill. Yo-Yo Gamari. Yeah, Yo-Yo Gamari, I think was her name. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, uh, so it was phenomenal. And I was Post, like, post-mortem. oh. Post-mortem. Post-mortem. Yeah. It, it was amazing. <laughs> that is a great first impression to someone's creative side is seeing how far they go on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that. <laughs> so I was going to ask if art has always played a big role. Um, it sounds like, Ian, it's been since you were a child and you've kept it going. And Becky, it sounds like you've had like a renewed um, passion for it. And it's Absolutely. like, and it, like you said, it's in its infancy. That's really cool. Um, do you remember what it was like the first time that you created something, whether that was painting or drawing or did it come naturally or was it something that you found challenging? I'm just curious. First time, the, I, um, the first sort of memory I have of um, making something that was dazzling to myself and others was in first grade. When um, <laughs> I won accidentally the competition um, that was unbeknownst to me in our first grade class of who was best drawer, and I uh, and I made something and I got voted best realistic drawer, and my buddy T.J. Silverman got best um, fantasy drawer. That's like, talk oh. about a dynamic duo. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't even think to define myself in that way, but uh, perhaps that was the first seed that led me on to like, or maybe that that it was evidence of a natural inclination I had towards like uh, realism, hyper realism, very close study of uh, observational rendering. That's really cool. Uh, Becky, how about you? Was there a specific time when you really felt in your element for the first time when it came comes to art? Oh, man. I don't know. Um, As far as, you know, first time, uh, you know, if you get to know me a little bit, you'll understand that my brain really likes accuracy. And so when I'm asked things like first, best, these kind of things, I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that was the first time. I mean, so yeah, I think I'm going to pass on this question. No, that's totally fine. And I saw in your proposal that you were the quality control of the pair. So (laughs) that, that tracks. That makes sense. Yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, okay. So uh, Austin is known to have some iconic public artworks. Um, in 1985, the city of Austin started the Art in Public Places program. Uh, and the goal was to incorporate the history and values of Austin uh, into cor- cultural landmarks. I'm going to say that sentence again. because That was a mouthful. Holy cow. <laughs> so in 1985, the city of Austin started the Art in Public Places program. And their goal was to incorporate the history and values of Austin into cultural landmarks. 
why are public artworks important to you personally? Like, what do they mean living in a city that puts an emphasis on public art? Um, I think um, art um, has a has a way of entering our soul and our spirit um, that is responsible for um, the element of magic that a lot of our life is lacking. And um, I think that, you know, you can see evidence of different cities investment in their public art and even going like to Rome, if you consider what it's like walking around in Rome versus what it's like mm. walking around in, um, you know, downtown Austin. That's a stark example, stark difference. Um, so I think that the uh, investment in public art is, is the, the hidden um, like gem of a city. And if you, if you don't invest in it, you get the, you get what you pay for and it's like mm -hmm. you get a, a bland disposable landscape surrounding you um and uh, occasionally i drive down the highway and i see that mentality mm. expressed in my visual surroundings and i find it paralyzing and choking and so uh in, you know um any moment of public art and what comes to mind for me is um i don't mean to promote this right now but like in an no, urban please. setting in america graffiti is uh the one that sparks i find little those little gems of like desperate vandalism to be some of the most um potent life-affirming little moments in, in yeah. our city um and uh you know daniel johnston's um hi how are you sort of freak frog is one of my uh touchstones for that it's an expression, right? Um, and it's, I think it's an expression at its purest form sometimes, uh, graffiti yeah. is. And I, I know that it's, uh, I, I think there was a plan to have a, a new graffiti park, but I know how sad mm. people were and it went away because that was one of the top 10 things that you would take people visiting Austin. You'd be like, <laughs> you gotta go see it. You gotta see yeah. it. Um, yeah. That you, Hope Outdoor Art Gallery. Was, yes. It was phenomenal. That was a great, uh, uh, release valve for our artistic uh, requirements culturally. It was, that was a beautiful place. Still is. Was, you can swing by it. I don't know yeah. if they officially removed everything. I'm not sure. I haven't been over there for a couple of years since the pandemic. Uh, but what yeah. I loved about it was that every time you went there, there was something new that you hadn't seen before. So it was yeah. the same spot, but uh, completely different. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And I, back I'm going to jump in and say that Ian actually, um, he uh, had an art class for, you know, students, um, my daughter, my oldest daughter being one of them, and they, he, you know, took them out there and they created a beautiful collaborative piece of art there that lasted maybe, maybe 24 hours, I don't know, but, you know, it was <laughs> awesome. And that was part of the, you know, that's part of the lesson too, you know, public art isn't always uh, permanent. And um, yeah, it, it was just really awesome you know, the full spectrum of what he was showing those students out there in that space. I'm sad it's gone for sure. It's it's kind of beautiful in a way and sad, but also very sad because it was there. And but the people that got to experience that was a moment that they got to have that maybe no one else will get to have. So That's I'm right. a little jealous. I wish I could have saw it. 
<laughs> now, I don't mean to undersell um, the city's investment in our public art because we are, um, you know, uh, recipients of, uh, of that investment and uh, we got to uh, participate in this project because people were prioritizing it and, and um, I'm extremely thankful for that and I can see a great efforts put forth on that uh, public art um, expression and it's getting more ubiquitous and I'm loving it. Yeah. Yeah. The more the merrier, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of which, do either of you have a favorite public artwork that in Austin? I know it's probably hard to pick one. And if you want to pick your own, this is the perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't consider that. Yeah, yeah we teed that one up for you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Knock it out of here. Yeah. I'm here to promote y'all. This isn't about me. This is about you. Yeah. Well, um, I, you know, a couple little uh, ones that I'd like to mention are, um, you know, I'm really enjoying the latest, you know, installment on Lamar um, under the bridge as you, you head into town. Um, it just is such a welcoming transition from like South Austin into downtown. It's just, and, and the way that it's shaped, it's just like, you know, a hug coming in. Um, I love that one. And then just yesterday, I finally saw that prism that is um, at the uh, Austin Convention Center parking garage. I love that one, the way that they use the shape of the building to create the prism and, and the colors in it are, it's ah, amazing. That's but awesome. yeah, you know, Reflections of You is gonna be number one for me for sure. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'll second that. Um, we had an incredible time making that, and um, we came out of there. And I thought, you know, nobody's gonna love this more than we do. Oh, it's a, it was amazing. We had, yeah. so I'll I'll take your lead there and go with that, with our project. That's <laughs> awesome. I love that. Um, if y'all haven't had the chance yet, we had. Uh, so the Pillars Project in Rosewood Park on East Link Trail. Oh, yeah. I th that's, um, well, Reflections of You is my number one. But, <laughs> oh, <go> on. <laughs> but if, if you haven't been, uh, I think it's such a unique expression because we had multiple local artists paint Pillars and we gave them creative freedom to express mm. the history and the culture of the people that lived in East Austin. And I, mm. it's so unique to be able to see, for one, a pillar is a really interesting thing to paint and put a piece of artwork on. Yeah, so yeah. it's, that's definitely one of my favorites. And, um, but I, I gotta say that the reflections of you, I, I'm not encouraging anyone to go in the tunnel because you should, there's no people are allowed in the tunnel unless you're sitting on the Zoker Eagle. I just want to make that very clear. But <laughs> I had the pleasure of walking in there and just experiencing it. And it was fabulous. So for those of you that haven't seen it yet, uh, the tunnel that goes under Barton Springs Road is now a mural. And Becky and Ian were the artists that painted the mural in that tunnel. Uh, so what drew you to the Zilker Train Tunnel Mural Project? It was the location and the memories that, that drew us there. We, uh, we both um, took our kids when they were little on the uh, Zilker Zephyr as it went under there. And um, the opportunity to leave any fingerprint uh, on that uh, incredibly magic space was like opportunity that we neither of us wanted to uh, 
not have. So I remember when we um, first heard about it, we just both wide-eyed each other and we were like, could we, do you think we could do this? Oh my God, yes. So um, we went all in on it and we went down there and we checked it out and we scoped the site and we mused on it at day and we mused on it at nights. And we, um, you know, the, the first uh, request for it was to paint a mural on that inside wall, which was, um, was like 80 feet of flat under, sort of tunnel landscape. And we thought it could be um, so much more than a drawing of, I don't know, downtown Austin with bats or something, you know. Uh, the classics, Austin, you know, bats, guitars. Right, yes, <laughs> bridges. yes. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but um, so it was, um, you know, the sort of sacred feeling we've got about that space that that drew us to it and and, and god the um the opportunity to have our kids feel like their parents made something here that was going to be poetic for generations that also do that with their babies going up and their grandparents it's just like it's a magical space yeah, yeah when ian first bought, brought the um uh, proposal uh, to me to see if I was interested. I, I was like, this is the coolest place in all of Austin that we could put a mural. And, and like I mentioned, my brain has that proclivity for accuracy. So I stopped and, and then I flipped through, I said, wait, and I flipped through all my favorite places in Austin. And then I said, no, yep, it is. It is the coolest. That's accurate. Um, so yeah, we, we, we just, we were so excited for this opportunity and uh, yeah, we put our all into it. And it, it shows, it, it looks amazing. Um, for those of you that don't know, and I don't want to give any spoilers here cause I want to let y'all explain what you did, but it's not just a wall. It is a much more immersive experience than that. And not only is it an experience on your outward um, trip, but it's a, a completely different experience on the return trip as well when you're riding the train. So I'm not, I'm gonna let, y'all talk about what it actually what the special part about it is um where did your inspiration come from for the tunnel mural well we were tasked with creating an art piece that represents austin and as we mentioned we both felt that austin was more than a symbol you know a bat a skyline um we we feel that austin is the people um so we wanted to create something that everyone would be able to find themselves in um, and, that, and that's a big task. Um, so we felt that a rainbow was the way to include everyone and not just with the colors, but with the way it's laid out. Um, when you enter the tunnel, the rainbow is vibrant, um, dynamic, the bends, the arcs, they have movement, they reflect the light of the water. Um, and the second chapter uh, is linear, uh, structured. Um, we've included large bands of black between the colors. Um, black is my youngest daughter's favorite color. Uh, so she identifies more within the shadows than with the big bands of color. Um, so that was our goal really was for everyone to find themselves here. Um, and that's also the inspiration for the title of the piece, which is Reflections of You. That was the poetry. That's great. <laughs> and that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> that's wonderful to hear that there was another child that had a favorite color that was black because that was mine. 
And awesome. ironically, it was in middle school when I was going through my emo phase. My mom was saying, it's just a phase. And I said, no, it's not. It turns out it was just a phase. <laughs> so black was my favorite color for the longest time. So I appreciate that. So I think one of the best parts about the mural is that y'all really thought outside the box when it comes to the writer experience. And I would love to hear more about how that came to be or what your intended experience for the writer would be. The real sort of opportunity that presented itself with this mural was that you had knowledge of where the viewer was going to be um, and the exact track that they were going to take in viewing your mural. So um, with that set of, uh, of, of known um, factors going into it, we could envision that the, the rider and the train would approach this thing. And what we saw for that uh, viewer was that you could have an illusion uh, of, a, of a rainbow over uh, the sort of entry to this um, tunnel. But then as the rider uh, enters into the tunnel, um, your attention naturally goes away from the wall and it goes to the incredibly dynamic um, environment of the of, of, of under bridge where echoes are happening and water is visible down there. There's usually dogs and swimmers and paddle boards and everything changes. So we didn't want to um, um, force the viewer to look at something specific and read it. And, you know, there's enough going on with all of the other senses that we wanted the illusion of the rainbow to give way to just being saturated with the color. And so when the writer enters into the um, rainbow, the band stretch and you ride through a, a, a whole band of yellow where the reflections are going to cast the light on each other's faces and uh and you you're not um encouraged to look in one direction it's everywhere all around you and then the um train exits makes a loop and comes back and we realize that an entire narrative could be attached to that journey where you go through you come back you go under a rainbow and you come back and you collect the gold so on all the faces that uh, of the uh, of the architecture that are hidden on the entry and revealed on the return, those facades are painted gold. Hmm. So you get a rainbow going through, and you get black and gold on the way back. Oh, not to lose the surprise for any Spoiler future. Spoiler alert! Keep it secret, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Becky, was there anything that you wanted to cover uh, with the experience? No, he, okay. he got all of it. <laughs> Nailed it. I, I got to say, I think the best you put it the best when you said you didn't want people just to be looking um, at a wall. Because I was thinking, you're correct. When you go into the tunnel, if you were just looking directly to the left, all you would see is a wall. But to the right, there's Barton Creek. There's the infrastructure of the Barton Springs Road Bridge, which is also very unique. And that's what I love the most about the mural is that it's a, it's an immersive experience. It's not you don't have your head just turned to one side. You get to experience the whole um, experience of going under the bridge, not to say experience again, <laughs> but um, that's what I loved about it. Um, I've walked through it again, 
no one is allowed to walk through the tunnel. Uh, it is off limits unless you are sitting on the Zilker Eagle. But um, I'm really excited to experience it on the train for the first time, um, which will hopefully be in, in the, the next couple months. Yeah. I cannot wait for hopefully. it to be on that train because I miss it. You know, I, you know, it's, it's, and stuff and, you know, off limits and, and it, and it is, it's a, it's a lovely, uh, place to be. It's a nice experience to have. So I think I'm going to be a frequent writer. That's great. And I think what stood out to us about your proposal is that you really emphasized the, the family tradition of the train. I mean, this is the third iteration of, uh, the mini train at Zilker park and the name Zilker Eagle comes from the original one. Um, this is our reimagined version of the Zilker mini train. And obviously there was the Zephyr a few years ago um, that shut down because of the flooding. Um, but that's what really stood out to us is that this is a family tradition. People want to bring their children and have an experience as a family in Zilker park. And the mural is going to be a huge part of that. Um, and we're so excited for all, all of you out there to experience it. Uh, how has the COVID-19 pandemic affected your art? Um, has it had an effect on art or public artworks as a whole? The pandemic uh, has been catalytic to us getting outside to make art. Um, I am sort of a recent escapee from the air quote art world. Um, I've spent most of my time and career uh, making art that is for walls, exists within predictable rectangles or squares, um, then go to frames and then uh, always sail away from my studio to uh, lands unknown, collectors unknown for the most part. Um, for years, you know, I would send it to New York and I've got a gallery in Copenhagen and um, that sort of, left me wanting to have more influence on my local people, the people that I um, love and want to share all of my deepest musings with are right around here. So um, when opportunities started to emerge for us to make art that, you know, is literally local and is only seen by local people um i jumped on it and uh and yep, we've been sailing on that wave for the entirety of the pandemic it's been a real like uh silver lining i know those are sort of rare but for us it's been um it's been awesome to be able to have that outlet in the midst of all of this sort of dark shadowy time for sure. And what may seem like the darker aspect is, you know, like uh, shipping delays and, and, and things like that have affected like this piece in general. Um, the, you know, train was delayed and, you know, we originally thought we would install this in July and we ended up installing it, um, you know, at the end of November, beginning of December. And, you know, I think we both could say we much appreciated not installing this outside in July in yeah. Austin, Texas. Yeah. Um, so that Understandable. Was a bit of a positive uh, uh, thing for us as well. And, um, and, and you know, buying our, our paint colors 
that, that turned into a little bit of urgency. We didn't, you know, our original plan was kind of uh, shifted in the moment. We're like, we need these colors now. And, and we ended up with um, exactly what we wanted. And it, and it was, um, yeah, so, so I, I feel like even though it's, you know, cast a, a bit of a dark shadow, um, we, we've definitely um, found the light and benefited from, from uh, it in a lot of ways. That's wonderful. Um, well, I heard a lot of pandemic themes. I heard home a lot, which we all spent way more time in. Mm-hmm. But I think the definition of home, not only just in our apartments or our houses, uh, also just in Austin, we spent more time here. And I think it's wonderful that, Ian, like you said, your lens kind of shifted towards people, the people you're around every day. Um, it's like a, it's like a family, <laughs> kind of. Um, and I also... Uh, I'm really glad to hear that you got the colors that you needed because I think we all know what's going on with the supply chain these days. So mm-hmm. I'm very glad to hear that um, y'all were able to get what you needed. So that's great. Um, okay. So next question is, why do you think parks equity and providing access to great parks and trails for every Austinite is so important? Um, I, I think yeah. that uh, I think that we, you know, we've all hopefully heard and understand that, um, you know, parks have a positive impact on both mental and physical health of the community. Um, so I think it's really important to have, um, you know, thoughtful, well-maintained parks accessible all over town, um, you know, in close proximity to, you know, neighborhoods or anywhere that people dwell. Um, so, um, you know, we all, can benefit from having a space where community gathers. Um, you know, we spend so much of our time, especially within the pandemic, confined to our our house or our car or whatever. And I feel like um, parks and and public art like kind of pull you out of that. Sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the you know the green belt has been a real um, lifesaver, mental health saver a real treasure to be able to walk out of the house, walk out of neighborhood and walk into untouched nature for the most part is uh, God, it's just a reset that I can't tell you how much I and my family value it. I, I really recognize the um, sort of mental architecture and the, the habit of thought that, that, that we can get stuck in, just release. And, and I'm so fortunate to have uh, an entry to the green belt, like four or five blocks away. Uh, we can go there and, and when it's dry and the riverbed is full of stones, we can throw the stones, stack stones, throw it, sticks, look, you know, it, it's remarkable to be, in nature and be in this city at the same time. That's uh, invaluable. I, yeah, I think for all of us, um, at least I can speak for myself and say, I, I, I'm constantly looking at screens all the time, whether it's mm-hmm. for work, uh, for work or play or whatever you want to call it. And I think unplugging is really essential and nature is the best way to do that. I mean, it's like the, the, the extreme of being able to unplug and just be present and, enjoy a beautiful space. And I think we're very lucky to live in a city and in a region in central Texas that has some fabulous parks and nature. And 
I feel very grateful. And Ian, I live a couple, uh, pretty close to a Greenbelt entrance as well. And that's been a lifesaver. And so for me, it's just knowing how much this meant to me. I wouldn't want anyone to, uh, I would want everyone to be able to experience that or to be able to have. I'd, and I know that one of our goals is to have a park within a 10 minute walk of everyone. And I, it's a, it's a very lofty goal that the city set that we want to aim for, but I having access to those green spaces is so important. Um, yeah, that's great. All right. Um, and the final question I have is uh, where can our listeners connect with you online? Uh, you can find us on Instagram. We are at aspect ratio murals. And that's where you can find uh, the work that Ian and I have collaborated on. Uh-huh. My, my personal work is um, at, at, on Instagram at flying facing backward. And with that, I just want to say thank you so much, Ian and Becky, for being here today, talking to me about the mural. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, hope to talk to you soon. So Bye. nice meeting you, Grant. Yeah, nice yeah. to meet you as well. Thank you, Grant. Austin Parks Foundation is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving parks, trails, and green spaces across our beloved city. Our tagline is People Plus Parks. We aim to give every Austinite a park within a 10-minute walk, no matter what part of town they call home. If you'd like to support our work in the parks, text APF to 76278 or visit austinparks.org backslash donate today. With your support, we can provide access to wonderful outdoor spaces for every Austinite. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Austin Parks Cast. A friendly reminder that you can listen to all of our previous episodes on your favorite podcast platforms. Do you have a question or topic you'd like us to talk about? Leave us a voice message on our Anchor FM webpage at anchor.fm backslash Austin Parkscast. We might even play your message on the show. Do you want the latest news from Austin Parks Foundation? Give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. That's all for today's episode. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll talk to y'all soon.